Welcome to Meet the Cast at the Apple Store Soho in New York. Please welcome this evening's moderator, Missy Schwartz, Deputy Editor, Entertainment at Refinery29. Good evening. Um, welcome, fans of Outlander. Um, are you a little bit excited? A little bit? <laughs> um, so we're going to move on to our Q&A with the cast and exec producer of Outlander. But first, let's watch the season two trailer. You lived through all these years. Yes. You know when things will happen. I wouldn't want to bear that burden. Promise me that we'll always find a way back to each other. I promise. There's going to be a war. We will unite the clans and we will march to glory. Whatever happens, we'll make sure you're safe. I know when the rising begins. Then you know how it ends too. And it doesn't end well. No, unless we stop it from happening altogether. Change the future. Such a thing even possible? Since when were you not up for a challenge? So now, without further ado, I am thrilled to welcome the cast and exec producer of Outlander. So we have Meryl Davis, <laughs> Katrina Balf, <laughs> Sam Hewen, and Tobias Menzies. Hello. Hi there. Has there ever been less men in an Apple store? Um, so, welcome. Thank you guys for, for participating in this. Um, so, season two, getting started. Um, the show, season one, has obviously become such a phenomenon. At what point during production on season one did you have an inkling that, hmm, this might be a hit, this might work? You want to start? I'm not sure we thought for sure it would be a hit. I think we hoped, but I, I think unlike any other show we'd ever been on, for myself and Ron, you know, we didn't have the social media aspect of, of a show before on Battlestar Galactica. Twitter did not exist. Um, and I think we were aware of the fandom and, and we had a lot of support from the fans. So we hoped and we knew the fans would show up. But I, I think we weren't sure that anyone else would. <laughs> what about the cast? When you were making it, did you think, huh, this is, this is working? Well, I, I had never even filmed a, a single episode of television before, so everything was so new to me. But from day one, there felt like a special alchemy on set between the cast and the crew and the producers and writing team. And it just felt very, it just felt right, I think, from day one. And so you hope that 
that feeling is going to translate into the show and then on to fans. So. And we were, we were certainly um, nervous about presenting it. And, uh, and actually, season two is, is no different. I think we're, we're equally nervous for you guys to see it and, and excited as well. But there's always that anticipation when you've finished working on something that's so consuming that, that hopefully that people enjoy it. Seen it. Have you all seen it? Do we like season two so far? <laughs> Tobias, do you want to weigh in? Um, I mean, I suppose you never really know. Um, you know, you start off with the best intentions and um, getting the best people involved as, uh, that you can. And I think we do have a wonderful team. But um, I think maybe yeah, even even given all that, it's uh, it's very exciting to see the response that we're getting. Yeah. Well, it's interesting, uh, Sam, that you brought up the sort of uh, expectations for season two. Um, can you guys talk a little bit about any nerves for meeting expectations? I mean, the show is has kind of a rabid fan base. I mean, um, so how did it feel going in sort of, you know, performance anxiety, anything like that? Well, I know from our perspective. Um, <laughs> no pun intended. Yeah, I, I can't speak to their performances, but um, I think anytime you produce a television show, you have that um, dreaded sophomore slump um, that everyone talks about, and you worry, God, we had such a great season, the first season, everyone was so receptive, it was critically acclaimed, can we do it again? So, but I really do think we all feel very good about the second season, and it's just as strong as the first one. I think, you know, the first few weeks, me and Katrina were like, well, you know, where, where are these characters that we, that we loved? And it's, it's really interesting, the journey they go on. They, they surprise us, they're, they're not being themselves, they're, they're kind of going against their type. You know, they, you know Jamie is a very uh, uh, straightforward, very honest, very trustworthy man. And, and here he is kind of doing, um, you know, undermining people and, and being deceitful. And um, yeah, it's interesting to see how that then affects their relationship. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember right before we started season two, calling a few friends who've been on shows that have run for multiple years. And I was like, how does it feel like when you go back? Because I think I was so afraid that you would get back and on the first day it would feel like you never left season one and it would be almost like Groundhog Day. But, um, you know, it felt so fresh and so new. And, and I think the great thing about our show is that the, the story just keeps going to these new places and it's always exciting and it just always feels fresh. And, and that was uh, one of the great surprises about this season. Um, yeah, from the design to the costuming, uh, it really did feel like climbing a, another mountain, you know, in a way. And so that really, I think, kept us all on our toes and, um, yeah, I think has resulted in uh, some great material, but it is very different, I think. Yeah. Um, so this season, I probably don't have to tell anyone here this, but um, we find the Frasers in France and they're devising a plan to infiltrate the Jacobites and save Highland culture. Um, let's take a look at a clip from the premiere where Claire is explaining to Jamie how they're going to do this. We can infiltrate the Jacobite movement, get close to the key players, discover where they get the money and their arms, and find a way to disrupt their plans. You certainly have a high opinion of what a crippled Highlander and a pregnant Englishwoman can accomplish. Since when were you not up for a challenge?
Without the chemistry between Claire and Jamie, there would be no show. So I'm curious <laughs> to know if it was chemistry at first sight, um, how this came to be. Well, for us, I mean, for um, I usually um, oversee casting with the writers. We all do it together. And um, obviously we found um, Jamie, Sam, very early. And we always joke that um, he would be the hardest to cast. And I said, oh, my God, he's going to be the UPS guy in Scotland. Like, we'll never <laughs> find him. Um, so I think we were a little surprised that we found him so quickly. Yep. Um, Royal Mail, I think. Yes. <laughs> and then... Um, you know, obviously with Claire, we thought, oh, it'd be so easy. There are so many, you know, strong, amazing female actresses out there, and we just could not find her. And um, we got very close. We were about three weeks away from filming, and um, Tony Graffia, one of our writers, actually, found Katrina's audition. Um, it was on our log, but somehow we had missed it. And um, we brought her out with Sam, and um, for us... <laughs> Um, we immediately knew she was something special, and um, when we saw them together, for us, we immediately knew because I think, as you said, this show would not work without these two. If we don't get those two right, it's just we're dead in the water. So we had to wait for her. Um, yeah. um, and um, the wait. We've been we've been so lucky, and actually, all three of them. We've just um, I think my lucky stars every day. I try not to tell them very often, but. <laughs> Did you guys feel like it worked immediately? Um, well, I just remember uh, Sam was testing quite a few actresses at the, at the time. <laughs> it was know. a hard job. Um, but I just remember walking into the room, and I may have been running 10 minutes late, which was not very good, but uh, I, was, I was nervous, and I walked into the room, and Sam immediately was just this presence of calm and made the whole process very easy, and we started chatting about Scotland and... And then when we got into the scenes, both of us just really went for it. And it was, it was very fun and any nerves disappeared. And so I think from that moment, it was like, oh, this is, you know, if I get this, this, this will be a great guy to work with. We, we were doing the, one of the scenes was, uh, was about snakes and their appendages. Um, but also uh, the other one was the scene by the, the river um, after Jamie's rescued Claire. And it's a quite, it, it got very physical very quickly. And uh, I just remember us like literally tearing chunks out of each other. And at one point- I think you walloped me. I <coughs> might have put you in a bear hug. Uh, <laughs> and I remember like, seeing you like looking really, uh, we're being live streamed, aren't we? Being really annoyed with me. Um, and uh, I just suddenly thought, this is great. She's, she's like, yeah, going give, to gonna give it right back. Um, so you undoubtedly know that there is a large segment of your very passionate fan base that really would love for you to be <laughs> an actual couple in real life. I wanted to know if you take that Me as a... Me and Tobias. Yes, yes. We are actually, we, we wanted to save it up for this event. But. Um, but do you take that as a compliment that, you know, people want it to continue off screen, that you do it so well and you're so believable as uh, a couple on screen? Um, yeah, I mean, I think you have to take it that obviously people believe in that relationship and they believe in, in what we're doing. And, and that's always a great thing as an actor, to, you know. You were, we're here to make, uh, <laughs> you know, make believe reality for people so yeah i guess that's a compliment i think there's something that happens between actors that you you get like a bond and you get a bond very quickly and i think um it, it's kind of hard for for people outside of that to, to kind of understand quite what that is um but 
yeah, we're, we're very good friends. So, Tobias, you play two very different characters. Um, Claire's 20th century husband, Frank, and also Black Jack Randall. Um, <laughs> some fans of Blackjack in the house. Um, which one is more fun to play? Let me guess. No. I mean, obviously, superficially, I think Jack is by far the more sort of ostentatious and the, the flasher of the two. But uh, I, I think, uh, as is uh, manifest in, in episode one of the second series, uh, Frank is increasingly an incredibly interesting ingredient in the overall tapestry of this piece. You know, so yeah. You just set up the next clip perfectly. So um, let's look at the next clip. Frank. Hello. I'm back. And I am so grateful. Are you? Of course. With all my heart. <gasps> Sorry. Do you, Tobias, do you ever um, <laughs> feel bummed out that maybe fans are mad at you for coming between Claire and Jamie? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I, I, I think the truth about it is that, you know, a, a show in which Jamie and Claire just had a lovely time and, you know, went off into the sunshine would be a sort of unwatchable show. So um, I don't know about that. Every, uh, <laughs> Well, okay, well, each to their own. I'm not, I mean, I'm not sure I'd be watching it. But uh, um, uh, so I think every, you know, every good story needs obstacles and it needs grit. And, you know, someone said, you know, you can't make a, a pearl without a, a grain of sand. And so, uh, and I think certainly in Jack and to a certain extent with Frank, you have some pretty great uh, grains of sand. Should we talk about the sex scenes? <laughs> um, to put it mildly, um, fans kind of like this part of the story. Um, so I'm just wondering, um, how much did you talk about it before? Did you rehearse? Like, what is the process of sort of getting comfortable with each other? Well, the wedding episode, we, we had carved out, I think, almost a day of rehearsals, right? We were very lucky in season one that we... We devoted we devoted a lot of time to rehearsing, um, and you know Anne Kenny wrote these this beautiful script, and we had Anna Forrester who was directing it, and yes, um, and so the four of us, Sam and I, and and Anna and Anne, we we got together and we we talked a lot about the the journey that this couple were going to go on over the course of this night, and Ron had always said that. You know, each time that they make love um, was going to tell something else about where they were at. So you have the first time that is very awkward and it's Jamie's first time and they're just meeting and it's really just a contractual obligation in a way. Um, and then they, they spend the night talking and they, they start to get to know each other a bit more. And then you see the, the barriers come down and, and the second time is really maybe more passionate. And then by the third time, it's a couple falling in love. So it was very important for us to tell that story that way. But, um, you know, we, it's, it's, 
It's an important part of the story. It's an integral to the character of Claire. It's integral to their relationship. And, you know, we, we try and devote as much time and care as we can to, to give that a, an honest portrayal. Um, so now we're a little bit into the future and how in, how in season two they're married, Claire is expecting, um, how has that shifted their relationship? But also, of course, the trauma that Jamie undergoes at the end of the first season. I think, um, you know, Katrina and I actually were, um, we felt quite strongly about, you know, where the, that we that we continued that story. Um, but obviously Jamie um, is still sort of suffering from what Blackjack has done to him. Uh, Blackjack's affected his mind, most importantly, and whenever he thinks of Claire, he thinks of Blackjack. Um, so they have this uh, relationship that, that feels less close, it feels less intimate. Um, and obviously Claire's trying to do everything she can to, to, to help Jamie, and, and they try and find a way back to each other. And actually, the, the thing that really binds them uh, in season two is the, is the unborn child and the fact that they're going to be parents. And I think those are the moments that actually we see the most intimacy between uh, the two characters. But I think, um, you know, I think you'll be surprised. Season two is different. You know, it's a more grown-up relationship, and um, it, it takes time to heal, and it takes time for them to, to get closer to each other. But uh, when it does, it really sort of bonds them, bonds them further and makes their relationship grow even more. But I think the other thing to remember is... Um, Unlike the books, we we didn't have the Abbey. Um, it wasn't in France. It was in Scotland. Um, and in the book, you'll probably remember that there are several months that take place between um, the unfortunate events between uh, Jamie and Blackjack and uh, their journey to France. And because we didn't do that, there was only like a week between that now. And, and we had to kind of take that... Um, we had to take that that change of time and incorporate it into the story because it really didn't make sense that Jamie would all of a sudden be healed and put this all behind him after a week. So um, we just had to change things a little bit so the relationship has to kind of get back to that place it was. So the um, horrific sexual assault at the end of season one, um, how has the, I, I imagine that um, public response and just the way that um, the show dealt with it so sensitively and not rushing the um, healing and recovery, how has, what has the response been from just people who have perhaps come up to you and commented or? I think, well, you know, I think uh, obviously that's part of what happens at the end of season one. Um, uh, and it's uh, very big uh, for Jamie. But actually, what's more important, I think, and uh, more interesting for us was, and Tobias uh, will probably back me up, that we looked at more it's about a study of, of breaking down Jamie's character and breaking his mind. You can do whatever you want to Jamie's body. Ultimately, you can't break him. He's got Claire as this fortress, this fortitude, and, and Blackjack realizes that. And so that's that's what he wants to break. He wants to break that, uh, you know, that strength in Jamie. And I, and I think that's what's really interesting. We definitely rooted it in that the sort of the sexual uh, attack was a tool rather than the aim. So that he's using sexual aggression to unpick this man. And I, I hopefully that makes it uh, more complicated, more psychological and less just Un, uh, less just gratuitous, I guess. Um, yeah, and in the sort of the arc of of you know breaking down Jamie, you know it, it that comes on kind of early on. It's towards the very end, you know, the point that he's really broken Jamie when he brands him. I think like that's that's the point when Jamie loses Claire, and I think it's um, then interesting to see you know him Jamie as a character like rebuild himself. <laughs> 
So getting a little bit into um, season two a little bit more, as you said, it's very different. We're no longer in Scotland. We're in Louis XV's uh, France. Did you miss the, uh, the, the kilts and the mud and the highlands, or did it feel, was it uh, refreshing to have such a different setting he's a scotsman in, in in this french court and so you know the kilt is still there um but also i think you know he's he's he is partly a shadow of himself in for the first few episodes i think that's reflected in in, in his costume you know it's it's dark it's covered up um and uh and likewise for for claire's character i think it's you know a really interesting journey of discovery for her after the initial excitement it was it was felt that she had sort of turned into this living doll and it was you know women are very ornamental in that time and they're supposed to sit and look pretty and not uh not cause too much trouble which is not exactly claire's forte um and so as the seasons uh or as the episodes go go on you see her frustration build and you know, it's not until she finds an outlet in L'Hôpital des Anges, um, which is a hospital that she, she gets to sort of use her nursing skills again, that you really see her, you know, become comfortable and be the, the Claire that we sort of know from before. Can you talk about a scene that you did that you thought would be routine, but turned into something much, much more than you expected? I have an answer for that. Then I'm going to take Katrina's answer probably. I knew you were going to steal we, that. We have the same one from season one. Um, uh, the first week we went up to uh, our Craig Nadoon location and um, it's, it's the scene where Claire is going up to pick the flowers and, and she goes through the stones for the first time and, and every single time, it's, a, it's kind of a magical place, and every single time we did that scene where she turns and she hears the stones for the first time, the wind would whip up and... It looks like we used a wind machine, but we didn't. It was magical, <laughs> right? No, it's it, Loch Rannoch, where we film all the stones uh, stuff. It, it definitely has a magical, ancient quality to it. And I feel like every scene we do up there turns into something really beautiful. Um, we had a scene not that long ago, and we went up... I think we were starting at 7.30 in the morning and the sun had just come up and there was the most beautiful light dusting of snow everywhere and the clouds were parting and there's a beautiful mountain behind it called Shahalian and it was covered in snow and it really, every time we go there, I think, it, you know, it just takes our breath away. And then the, the sun came out and melted the snow and it turned to mud. <laughs> yeah, so then the, product, the, the art department was running around with rice paper trying to make it look like there was still snow there. And then all our stones blew away. <laughs> That's true. Um, so if Claire and Jamie had been successful in changing the future, how do you think Scotland would look like now? I'll let Mr. Hewan answer that. Wow, that's a good question. Um, well, obviously, um, uh, after Culloden, there were the Highland clearances. Uh, the, the Highland culture was kind of eradicated. Um, they, they banned the use of, of tartan, of, of this clan system, um, of a playing of bagpipes, speaking Gaelic. So I, I guess, yeah, it would probably Would be we have to subtitle you tonight? You would. If, you would. If, I'd be speaking <laughs> fluently. You'd be speaking Gaelic. I would. Uh, yeah, so I guess it would be a completely different, um, different uh, Britain as well, you know. Tobias might not be here even. <laughs> 
once again, how the punching that, how bag. That I, that I just want to say, I love Tobias. So <laughs> I, I never kid someone unless I actually love them. So. But I understand. Why wouldn't I be here? I don't understand. Just saying you would have been wiped out. As a out. mortal enemy of Scotland. Oh, I see. Maybe. I see. We would have taken you over. Uh, okay, okay, yeah. Yes. Or as a, f- a filthy representative of the English. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, the, the high, you know, Highland Army, they got really close to, to London and taking over the capital of, of Britain. And um, it was, yeah, just kind of by a chance, almost in a way, that they, they didn't get all the way to London. It was some, some guy came up and told them there was a big army waiting for them. So the Scots yeah. ran away. But actually, there wasn't an army at all. Uh, so they no, could weird, have gone straight Weirdly, there. my name, Menzies, is Scottish. There is a Menzies Castle. There's a Menzies Castle, yeah. which we shot near. So I don't, But I don't know which side of the, the argument men, the Mingis, the Mingis, Mingis. as it's known, yeah, it's yeah, Mingis uh, clan was on. So a bit of research there for everyone. If they want it. <laughs> Yeah, I'll be for part two tomorrow night. No, I'm I want to know who you think, or who or what you think the dragonfly is and what it represents. Oh, I had a theory about this. I can't remember what it was. Uh, I've, I, you know, I, I think it's, you know, the dragonfly is caught in time in this piece of amber and it's preserved and it's lived through many centuries. And I think it's something, it's, it's sort of Claire in a way, I think. Um, you know, she's a woman caught in time, traveling through centuries. That was a great theory. So my question is, if your character had a theme song to describe themselves, what would it be and why? I have mine. I sing it all the time on set because all, well, Claire's, all, all she really does is put bandages on people. So may, you might not remember this song, but somewhere in the mid noughties there was a band called Hot Hot Heat and they had a song called Bandages. And that's my theme tune. Can you sing it? Bandages, bandages. Can you sing it now? I can't sing it, no. We're in an Apple store. Someone's got iTunes. You know, we can plug it on through. So you played with a baby bump. Um, what did that feel like for you? Did so you guys good. have names so good. for it? And, you know, how was that for you? <laughs> well, I think Sam did the playing with the bump. Uh, I wore it. He played with it. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, it's interesting. The minute you put on uh, a prosthetic pregnancy belly, for some reason, I, and I don't think I'm the first person to have said this, but you sort of adopt these pregnancy moves where you, like, lean down into your chair and you hold the belly and you have to eat more and... <laughs> You demand foot rubs from your co-stars and, um, but no, it's, it's, I really relished playing that storyline this season. It's so beautiful. It's so important to the character and to the, to the couple. And, um, it was a lot of fun. And now I let Sam talk about why he was so obsessed with it. Yeah. It it just felt so good. Um, so prod it and sort of do all kinds of things with it. Um, but you know, absolutely it, it, it is. And actually it's sort of, uh, as it got bigger, this bump, we had three different sizes. Uh, I wasn't so keen on the last bump, but the middle one was probably my favorite. Uh, uh, but um, it, was, it was nice to sort of imbue it with, with life, you know, and there's, there's a scene actually that uh, we asked the writers to kind of change slightly, but, and it kind of came from Diana, which was about um, the child being coming present in the room. And, uh, and it's, uh, I think, a moment between Jamie and Claire that's is really nice is that, that, that suddenly this third person is there with them. Oh, wow. Did you steal one? Did you steal one of them? 
I never wore it, no. I didn't steal it either. Oh, no, I think... Uh, that might be weird. Up. That would be a bit odd. That would be a yeah. bit odd. Yeah. Walk in and you've just got a prosthetic yeah. belly <laughs> on your... Nothing going on here. <laughs> on no. your coffee table. <laughs> Take that off. Um, so we're just about out of time. Thank you again, everyone, for coming. And I just... Pr I probably don't have to remind you of this, but... Um, the second season premieres Saturday night on Stars, and it will be available on the new Stars Apple app. On excuse me, on Apple TV, starting tonight at midnight. Um, so. uh, Sneak thank you. preview. Good night. Thank you thank so you much. So thank much you so much for coming. Thank you, everyone. <laughs>